welcome to another episode of Green and Gritty. We are four master's students trying to make environmental education a little more accessible. We are so excited that you joined us today in our little corner of the internet. So stick around. This is going to be a fun episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 2021. So glad we all made it here. (laughs) I think we can all agree that 2020 was a 10 out of 10 shit show. Um, And so for the first episode of the new year, we wanted to focus on some positives so that we can kick off this year with a lot of good energy. So today we're going to briefly take a look back at the last year, um, talk about our roses and thorns, if you will. However, if we only dwell on the past year, this episode would get pretty depressing way too quickly. So instead, we're going to take some time to talk about our hopes for the future, our hopes for a healthier planet, and our hopes that one day we can achieve our green dreams. (laughs) So to kick us off, let's look at the last year in a nutshell, starting with our 2020 roses and thorns. So I'll be honest, 2020 was of course rough for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons um however for me my 2020 was rough because my mental health has never been i'm gonna make a pun to like not be sad about it (laughs) 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 but it declined faster than any of our uh, ice caps and icebergs that we (laughs) maybe have left um which is a really dark joke but that's what has to get me through because um Every single one of my coping mechanisms has just failed me the last couple months, especially. But luckily, my mom has been really, like, supportive. And obviously, you guys as well. So that's been, like, what my 2020 challenge and, like, learning of how to not fall into, like, a negative headspace is. And I think, uh, I mean, it's only been 10 days now in January, the time of filming this. And I think I'm doing a little bit better, but we'll see. Uh, however, because we're a positive bunch and I'm a positive person, even when I'm sad, <laughs> uh, 2020 was actually interesting because in the summertime, even though that's when the strict lockdowns were happening, I was able to work out in my driveway and I was able to, um, still do my own thing and still be really like intense about it like not let myself go oh you can just rest here for 20 seconds because you're not inside the gym with other people looking at like watching and um I was able to actually run like a 5k in like 35 minutes which I never thought I would be able to do before because I'm not a runner like I like lifting weights so so that was pretty it was pretty exciting Mm -hmm. like I was really really happy about it and it was so hot the day I did too that I remember I sprinted the last like the turnaround to my street into my driveway I just sprinted and then collapsed on my the grass (laughs) and then our our neighbors just saw me I was like good job i'm like thank you <laughs> they knew good it was job. a big one i'm just like breathing like on the grass like a thumbs up that's but hard yeah. 35 minutes like that's hard i was pretty i was pretty excited because like the like the, the terrain that i went on to wasn't like a track so there was mm-hmm. some hills and then it was either sidewalk or the road so i was careful not to like twist my ankle because last time <laughs> i ran uh i did so that was also another accomplishment that I had no injuries. Not a girl. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very well done. athlete. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for talking about that, Taylor. I think it's super important to be talking about mental health right now, especially in, you know, the era of COVID and everything that's mm-hmm. been going on. It's just been a crazy, stressful roller coaster for everybody in terms of mental health and trying to stay in a good place. Um... 
so it's really appreciated that you were so open about that. Um, I think everyone, all at least all four of us are most of the, for the most part in the same boat <laughs> about what was going on. <laughs> um, nice. but you know, our, our weekly and biweekly therapy sessions, quote unquote, were helpful <laughs> with each other. Um, but I'll start off with my thorn just so we don't have to end on a bad note. Um, my biggest thing to happen to me this pandemic was that I was supposed to move to New York City for a job that I was super, super excited for. Um, and then the pandemic said no. Canada said no. Borders are closed. And then the state said, what, 200,000 deaths in the first... or two, Was it 200,000 deaths or cases? Whatever. Some ridiculous number in the first like couple months. So <laughs> that was a hard no. But I think um, the positive to come out of that was that I got to live at home and still do the job remotely. So I ended up saving a lot of money. Um, and I guess I could say I spent a lot more time with my family, which is a good thing. But also, <laughs> also you know how that can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Um, but another positive was that I, I did spend a lot more time outside and in nature. And I really got back into yoga, given that it was kind of the only thing um, that I could do, like when the gyms were shut down. And it was the only thing that kind of like kept me sane throughout working from home and doing school from home um, and just constantly being on my computer, it was a nice little release and a little stress break. So I think I think that was kind of a good balance <laughs> for me at least. I mean, you inspired me to get into, I'm not going to call what I do yoga. I call it my recommended, <laughs> my suggested uh, physical therapy plus some additional stretches on a yoga I know. Mat. I remember the day you texted <laughs> me like, I just did a 30 minute yoga and I was I like, did. oh my God. <laughs> I've been doing I did that one uh, last night too to try and like fall asleep. I did a lot. So, so you can I'm go gonna... either way. You can get really in your head, or you can just get really into like the stretches and the breathing, which is what I try to do. But like for someone as well, anxious as I am, it's hard not to get in your head when you're like that still and doing not much. <laughs> I'm kind of just sitting there and I'm like, holy shit! All this happened today. What's gonna happen tomorrow? What's gonna happen the next day? What's going on outside my house? It's terrible. That actually, if it's okay, that actually that's like what's going to happen today, what's going to happen tomorrow, kind of leads into my thorn. Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't know about you guys or about y'all. I found that through all of 2020, it was hard to stay motivated mm-hmm. because I, I almost felt like it was impossible to feel excited about anything or passionate about anything because every single day, just something would happen that just made any excitement seem not a hundred percent or just you, you know what I mean like I'd be excited like oh I was gonna do something for school or I'm really happy to be writing this paper and then we'd see the COVID case count or we'd see the death count or one of our family members or friends or somebody would get sick or there yeah. would be the murder hornets or tiger king weirdness <laughs> and everything just felt like there was so much going on that the feeling I was so maybe that's it. It's so overwhelming that there's no room for any other emotion. There's I no agree. room for passion. Mm-hmm. There's no room for excitement in 2020. And there's no room for reward. Like and that's it was, exactly it was there's so like no clouded. Reward. Even if you did have those feelings, it was so clouded yeah. by everything else. It was very yeah. Hard. That's such a good point. It's clouded. Like it just felt like just anything that was good. You were just sitting there like, okay, but I know. Yeah. I know in like 20 seconds. It's like the impending doom. Yeah. 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 And it's hard to to feel anything other than numb when that's the state of the world that you're living in. And don't even get me started on all the additional atrocities like socially, environmentally that were occurring simultaneously with the pandemic and before the pandemic, obviously. It's, Yeah. 
I don't think it was an, yeah, that was, it just, <laughs> yeah. it was hard year, hard year. I'm not, I don't like COVID. Just a fucking bitch. But anyways, um, my rose <laughs> would have to be, despite the lacking of feeling motivated or excited about anything, would probably be the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like we were doing something, even if there's only two people listening. We're doing something, but it's fun. I love talking to you guys. I love hanging out with y'all and, like, having our little, like, planning meetings and catching up and all that kind of stuff that it it feels like we're doing something, even if it's just for us. Like, even if it's just the four of us that care about this. I know. It, it's, like, it's something. And it feels, it's important to me. And that's been a huge rose. Um, and then simultaneously with that, I got hired to internships in, like, October solely because I had experience with the podcast. Like, I got hired for an internship um, that resulted in me publishing an article, and the only reason why they hired me is because they were like, oh, you do the po- you do a podcast. Like, we're looking for someone who has some audio, like, knowledge and script writing. And I was like, oh, That's awesome. I have that. <laughs> and so yeah, that Yeah, because you happened. never would have had that before. Yeah. I never would have had that before. And That's so awesome. I actually, oh, yeah. And then for that job, I got an article published, which was really cool in a magazine. And then, and it was about climate change. And then we, be, I, they asked me to basically write a script about climate change for a video. And then they got that, like, professionally produced and published as well. So, like. That is super cool. The skills from this really transferred, and that all happened because I was bored in class one day and was like, guys, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It definitely is a huge rose for me, would be this. And finally seeing my boyfriend after COVID kept our borders closed and we hadn't seen each other for 11 months. <laughs> God, I couldn't even imagine. It's the best thing. <laughs> that was rough. Oh, man. Well, those are some pretty good roses. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if I can top you guys. I feel like, although it was very eventful for, like, the world in both negative, and I guess there are some positives that came out of this year. I can try to think of some. I don't know, like, for me personally, I'll start with the thorn. I, I think I'm on... Kendra's page here where it just felt very like overwhelming and it just felt like oh we're working so hard and like that's that's great I enjoy hard work I enjoy pursuing goals but then at the same time it was difficult to not have that fun downtime reward type situation you know concerts movies is literal little or big as they are traveling whatever um so I think that obviously took a toll although you know, we all find ourselves in different situations. Mine was probably privileged. It still does take a toll. Um, so I think that kind of just puts, like, a damper on things more than anything. And, like, also what Kendra said, it's like, hey, something really awesome happened today. And then you, like, go on your phone. It's like, CBC News, we have 4,000 oh yeah. cases today. You're like, oh, my God. This is never going to end. Um but to move away from that, I would say the podcast was, like, an awesome thing that really brought us even more together, helped us to, like, explore really interesting topics and hear everyone's viewpoints and 
get to interact with awesome people like through WWF or even through mm-hmm. social media. Like that was amazing to be exposed to so many other people with the same ideologies. Um, even just within the program, even when it was switched online, you get to experience those types of people, which I think is really like an awesome thing. And I guess a personal one for me uh, was adopting two little kitten brothers. <laughs> um, and they brought some life to the party of staying home, which has been really nice. But now they're needy uh, <laughs> pandemic cats because we're always home. So, oh my God. Wait, uh, I was going to say, I forgot that I adopted my cat right before the pandemic, too. Yeah, yours was right. I remember that. It was that. January. Yeah, January. I think January 19th or something. It was like, yeah. like a month before everything went to the shitter. So, oh also, my God, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, this guy doesn't even know how good he's got it. I used to <laughs> really? be gone like 12 hours a day. Same. That's what it used to be like before oh, with my man. other cats. Yeah. yeah. I saw a meme that was like, and this probably applies to babies too, but like um, the pandemic puppies are just, they probably are going to result in the most like codependent little guy, little, little, little cuties because all they've known is just their humans being home 24 seven. A hundred percent. Even like, oh my God, you don't, oh, this is the perfect example. So Rosie and Frankie are two dogs. They're pandemic puppies. I mean, my mom was looking for a dog for two years, but still we got them during the pandemic and my parents left to go cross country skiing one morning and my, I was in the basement. So the dogs didn't know that I was still home. My parents were gone for 15, maybe 20 minutes. And then I came upstairs to go see them and give them attention. And I guess they thought in the 15, 20 minutes they were (laughs) upstairs alone. I guess they just really were stressed because they grabbed my shoes, my dad's shirt, my mom's hat, my mom's gloves. They had compiled all of our stuff. They weren't chewing it. They had put it in a pile and they were just sitting around it, <gasps> sniffing it and licking it because I think they thought we were gone, gone. That's so And they just God. like <laughs> made a pile of our stuff, like a little shrine to our family yeah, because shrine. they missed us. I was like, guys, I was downstairs. Oh my, I that's actually you heard me. like the core of how needy and how dramatic dogs are. <laughs> so dramatic. And you you should have, when I came upstairs, I swear these dogs were like, I had like arisen the third day, the stone rolled away. <laughs> like some shit, because I was just like, guys, I was here the whole time. It's okay. And oh, I thought they wouldn't leave me alone at that point. I just had to sit with them for a solid 40 minutes of just constant petting so that they were okay. Oh my <laughs> God, that is too cute. That is so sweet. I love the shrine. I love how they didn't damage anything. They're just like, I just I know, they're just like, to be around. We miss you. <laughs> no, they just wanted to smell. And the best part is my dad was like, my shirt was like on my bed. Like they went around the house finding our stuff because it wasn't all in one place to begin with. Wow. So. Did a little scavenger hunt for themselves. <laughs> Truly. That's so funny. That's adorable. Okay. So now that we've enter 2021 and we are able to kind of get an idea of how companies um, handle 2020. Do you guys think that you're going to be evaluating the decisions of companies a little bit differently in or expect them to operate a little differently after witnessing them during 2020? And then do you find yourself like interacting with them differently, hold them to a different standard? Um, I do have an example if it helps spark uh, an answer. So um, there was a report that 
Apple had claimed that the new iPhone packaging is more sustainable because it does not include the charger. So that's actually a loophole because the size of the reduction of the phone packaging does cut down on packaging material and waste in production. Uh, it also would cut down on their shipping cost, which would be a benefit for them to not have a bigger package. So um, it doesn't really... That... Oh my god. Already, That's you're how... like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Such a load of crap, so, man. So, here's the thing. So, um, reports from Brazil claim that this decision is actually compromising the consumer's rights uh, because by buying a new device, you're expected to also get a new charger as part of the mm-hmm. package to ensure the newer and improved performance of this new product, especially when the report says that Apple has not demonstrated that old and or new, uh, sorry, and or third party chargers compromise the charging process of these newer products. And then lastly, uh, the report claims that Apple failed to address the consumers of such changes with their packaging. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> do you think that these loophole, loophole decisions will continue, or was this a learning moment for Apple to think, shouldn't I just this way? I just don't uh, understand. Like, if you're going to go through that much effort to say mm-hmm. that your product is more sustainable and to, to find all the ways around actually making it sustainable, like, mm-hmm. why not just actually make it sustainable? I, like, you're putting in just as much effort to figure out, like, how to get around everything and how to make it, like, yeah. better for you, but... Uh, no i agree so like that's like the epitome of like big disgusting corporations but Mm -hmm. i think that this is also an uh a good way for consumers uh to understand how like loophole decisions are kind of created because then you kind of see the breakdown of like oh it's not just like what we see and how much it costs for like the material the paper or whatever to make the package but then understanding that like the product somehow has to get to us and we are now able to see that like um that doesn't just mean that sustainable just because like oh there's no it's because just because it's claimed to be sustainable you have to understand that it got here and the way it got here may not be sustainable as well in terms of transportation so i thought that was interesting because that definitely changed the way i see how businesses yeah interact with us and like telling us like yeah your end product might be more sustainable but the entire process like we really haven't changed it we're just kind of trying to find ways to make it you know it's kind of like sneaky yeah i'm wondering if like how it evens out because like a lot of people when you buy a new phone you're buying a new phone because you know for whatever reason your old phone is broken and chances are your charger is aged with it too so you're looking for a new charger Mm -hmm. so does that mean those people are then gonna have to buy a separate package with the new charger in it separate like if if that was the case like if the majority of people were buying like new phones because they were run down and totally screen was cracked everything was like broken it wasn't like you needed an upgrade then Mm -hmm. like and your charger was fine then i understand um but i agree like chargers like can get beat up if you bend them the wrong way if something like if you for me if you run your chair over them by accident (laughs) (laughs) i literally do that all the time and i'm like how my laptop charger is kind of broken but i still don't think that um it would take down on like the e-waste of the phones or the chargers Mm -hmm. because a lot of it of getting a new phone that you just wanted the new thing because like you wanted to be like hip and like apple's that lifestyle device it's like if you have the new phone like look how cool you are look how whatever and now it's like for me now that i pay for my own phone i understand like oh this is like a thousand dollars 
I'm not mm-hmm. gonna pay for then I don't know maybe it's a little different of how fast you mm-hmm. get a new phone and you don't need a new charger if like mm-hmm. your phone's still relatively up to date mm-hmm. and that's also like e-waste I'm trying to understand what they're defining as e-waste. Like, is it waste created from producing electronics? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's e-waste like, is electronic waste, yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then I'm thinking, like, well, if you're still mining the materials for the same number of chargers, you're just not uh, shipping them all with yeah. the phones at the same time, then don't you still have the same e-waste? Like, unless you're actually, <laughs> I don't know. I do know that um, Apple has been working uh to create a system uh to take like you bring your phones and your laptops and whatever apple product you uh back and they can remine the materials in the product and i know that that's been getting more successful over the years i haven't seen any like recent numbers to like if that's making like a big enough dent but i do know that they're working on that because they are aware of like mining impacts Mm. And it's, like, if the minerals are still, like, viable, they they understand, like, why not just use them, like, for mm-hmm. here? So, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't I guess mean that's to... one positive to it. Sorry, Kendra, mm. to interrupt you. No, but go, go for it. Just that they're kind of, like, becoming more aware of that and, and working to promote that program. I guess that is um, a benefit, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Apple to have, like, a, an ulterior <laughs> motive with that, you know? <laughs> Like, obviously, the reason behind that is probably save money on new parts by using the older parts if you can salvage some kind of thing. But I don't know. To answer your question, I guess I I don't know. The Apple thing, I definitely look at them differently now. Um, Actually, yeah, a little bit differently. Like, I always thought they were kind of like, along with every other big business, just just profit, profit, profit. So this is just a little shady. Yeah, just another shady profit scam. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it kind of just brought it to light again, like brought it to the, the forefront of my mind because it was pushed back there for a while. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I was thinking, so in light of after witnessing companies in 2020, the biggest thing that I noticed was just how fast companies were willing to respond to like to adapt to actions necessary to maintain business during lockdowns, during curbside, during all of that, right? Mm -hmm. You need their businesses to somehow find a way to continue um, and meet with the demands that a pandemic instills on your community or whatever, right? So that kind of gives me hope that like, if they wanted to, companies can act fast. They can instill company-wide protocol, train everybody on that, you know, do all this and that for pandemics. And in order to sustain business so i don't know if it's if it equates to environmentalism maybe it does in some ways and i'm just not thinking about it right now but i'm wondering like if there was a big enough of a green demand or if that was like mandated or both like Mm -hmm. companies can get creative and find a way to act fast so that they can maintain profits that's a really good point Mm -hmm. so it's like it's just the demand needs to be there in order to them in order for them to act like that it needs to be you either you it either needs to be comply to their business pretty yes. much exactly yeah, yeah. it needs to have to serious repercussions for them in order to make an impact for everyone else it can't yeah. just be like a fine and that's the price of like not being sustainable it has to be that's you literally have to do this it's, or your company will no longer exist that's literally the definition of environmental issues yeah it's like bath and body works it's a funniest example to me and i don't really even shop there but like 
Do you know how the American website, they have an American website, it's an American company, but in Canada they only have stores. This is something I've always known for some weird reason. I didn't and know that. So, yeah. So you cannot shop online in Canada. So obviously this is making the company not do well at all in Canada during a lockdown with no curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. So um, literally this is something that Canadians have been asking for for years is a Bath and Body Works website and they've like never really done anything about it. And now all of a sudden they they were finding the resources to create a website. And I just think that's um, – a really funny turn of events, but like it's it's like Taylor said, like it had to directly threaten their business in order That's for right. it to happen. Mm-hmm. So they felt like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we do need it. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's a funny example, but yeah. well, it makes sense because like if you were to think like if it was mandated that if you wanted to open your doors, you have to be in some way uh, sustainable, green, or whatever packaging, like you're not allowed to use. I feel like already there's going to be people being like, well, that's not democratic and you can't force blah, 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 blah. And already this is infringing on my rights. Okay, we can have that discussion another day. But I think I think businesses would be like, all right, let's go. Let's get that compostable, biodegradable packaging out here. Let's use as minimal, blah, 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 blah. We're going to reuse materials. I think it would happen. It would happen in a heartbeat. A heartbeat. It could probably happen in like a week. To implement all that and get all the old product out and the new product in. Or, like, sell off the old product, whatever. Or reuse it. Yeah. Like, find ways to... Old product... That's another thing. Oh! Or if instead... Sorry if that was loud in your ears. (laughs) Or if, like, you know, if we were to set stronger policies about returns and stuff like that. Like, do you know how many companies you return clothing, they burn it. Or you return a product and they throw it out or it becomes trash. Mm -hmm. If they were to instill stuff where, like, that has to be donated to nearby shelters or blah, blah, blah. I get it with makeup products and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's not... It's there's contaminations becomes a biohazard um but that's not with every like clothing yep i when i when every when i saw so many tiktoks in the beginning of the pandemic of people doing uh shopping hauls and then some items like a lot of them like, were not fitting and then they were just being returned and then same with like my own items too like as i was like i had to buy new shoes um t- to go running <laughs> right and then like what if they didn't fit then i have no idea what happens to them mm-hmm. and i've always kind of like wondered i'm like and like and now it was like just like a, a surplus of things that are being ordered and are we just gonna like return them i don't know i think that's another problem that with covid though right because mm-hmm. now they're even being weird like like kendra was saying about returns they're saying yeah, like exactly oh people if they find out that maybe they're putting returns and reselling them people are gonna get upset because of covid I don't know the information back up, but I know that's, like, a fear that people do mm-hmm. have. So I think that's, like, I remember at the beginning of the pandem- pandemic, everyone's like, oh, the, the the world is healing itself. No planes, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, right. How many Simpler packages <laughs> yeah. have, yeah. but seriously, how many returns have been doubled in amount of just going to the friggin fire the waste bin not to mention all the online shopping all the emissions yeah. for the trucks and everything to get all the product out like the mass which i know yeah. we wanted to talk about at some point the non-reusable mm-hmm. mass which of course are essential i'm not saying that but like i'm just i'm just you know how many of those out. i see on the ground yeah, everywhere they're i go not being dealt as biohazard waste they're just being handled as waste garbage and all yeah. that is gonna end up like all the bacteria that you breathe into it is gonna 
end up in our ecosystem. And if I think about that for too long without a real plan on how to, like, try and help to solve that, I will shut down because there was already reports of that in the summertime of it being, of mass being discarded into, like, waterways. Mm -hmm. I saw it everywhere. Yeah. They just on, like, on the, when I would go for walks in the, in one of the parks near my house, it would be, like, they would be caught in the the tall grasses right beside the water because they've blown off the path or they've blown from the parking lot into the forest and into the, like, right beside the river. And they would just get caught in the trees and then on the shoreline. So it's like, that's where they're going to stay. No one's going to touch them because it's COVID, you know? I, exactly. Before the pandemic, I was the person you would see just picking up other people's shit on the, on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And I'll put it in mm-hmm. my car and put it, destroy, or throw it away later, whatever. I won't do that now. I wish I could. I go down to pick it up still and now I'm like, well, COVID. You need like the extended clippy. Things. I need the picker. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, but, well, that's such a good point. Like even in hike culture, one of the things that like my parents always told me, and then anyone I ever went hiking with, is like you're always supposed to leave the trails better than you find them. Mm-hmm. So it's common practice. You pick up the garbage that you see, even if it's not yours. That's right. You pick up garbage that you see on the trails, even if it's off the trails, just to leave it better than you find it, and. I don't want to touch it because I'm sc- I don't know who left it. That's right. That's the same with me. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's frustrating because it's like, so you know it's there, but you can't do anything about it. And that's what yeah. makes me so mad because it's like, uh, I just. COVID. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> Ruining everything, I swear. Oh, man. COVID, I hate you, girly. <laughs> girly. <laughs> girly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we move on? Yeah, move on. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about this, and I was kind of wondering, like, what is the one thing or, like, the biggest thing that 2020 taught you about environmentalism and, like, environmental issues in general? Because I know we've all known about the state of our Earth for a long time, um, but I feel like now that we've been just glued to our computers and we haven't really had many external distractions, I would say... Um, I feel like we've been almost hyper aware of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, like we mentioned earlier, like how everyone was like, oh, mother nature is purging itself because no one's flying, no one's driving. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that is a straight up lie. Anyway, I love this question and I have a lot of thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Fire away. So on the same note of companies being able, like having possibilities to complete things and like, we feel like we have hope because if it is mandated, it will happen. On that same note, it made me absolutely hate corporations even more than I already do Um, because it just showed – it proved to me that the 1% or corporations will continuously do what they want um, in terms of the environment because you can see that even with actions of COVID. Um, A great example is how we're told mandated not to travel but politicians and power will do so. Don't even get me started. So that's how I I kind of feel that way because – I feel like no matter how serious anything is, like people in power, corporations who have a lot of money will always continue to do what, what they, whatever they do. want, whatever's yeah. going to benefit them and them only with yeah. no regard so that, for anyone else. That makes, so it made me feel like zero hope. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like this year I was like, oh, like we're so screwed. Like we're like, what is it going to take for things just to go the way it needs to, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, um, I hope someone has a very positive take on this question, but that's the first thing my mind has, has (laughs) like gone to, like as someone who's been 
like you know we're, we're yeah. just been we've done nothing except watch and listen of mm-hmm. 2020, in 2020 right and that's like so. the worst part about it like you think they wouldn't do that because they've got all eyes on them right now and like for like for premier ford to sit up there and say we have to hunker down and we all need to stay home for the greater good of society and his finance minister is out in saint bart's well that's what i was gonna say because everyone's staying at home it's almost all eyes on them but they were able to fool us by filming a video of them in their house three <laughs> weeks ago then leaving for St. Bart's and then saying, oh, like, And if that doesn't here. prove the deceit that comes from politicians and from our government, I'm I don't know joking, what more guys. you want. This is them. Ready? Oh, no. Merry Christmas. Stay in your homes. <laughs> but I'm going to St. They have Bart's. a green screen on. <laughs> he's in his, like, he's in his swim shorts with a, with a dress shirt on. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, has the fake he's mask on. He's wearing a Speedo. <laughs> And then Just he gets like up and he's like, ah, the same parts mask off. So let's hit the waves, bro. <laughs> like, like, come on. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> if anything. If anything, that in itself just, just teaches you how, if, if you want change to happen, how diligent you will have to be because the levels that people will go to to deceit you That's right. is insane. Like, you have yeah. to be diligent. Yeah. Now I'm going to, every time I see a politician in front of a fireplace perfectly designed, I'm going to be like, okay, okay, I want you to. Google search Zoom backgrounds for fireplace. Yeah, I was going to look that up or be like, okay, I need you to um, take off your background screen. I need you to get up and walk around. I need to be able to give them call like Mm -hmm. like it's like catfish my camera doesn't work and then finally when they do send a photo you're like send a photo with a spoon like holding a spoon yeah it's like the facebook verification process yeah (laughs) do this to prove that it's you holding today's newspaper yeah yeah that's like classic catfish or catfish oh my god yeah no that's that's honestly that's crazy that's so true so true i mean you mentioned if someone has a positive spin. I was thinking like that one of the things that I really kind of discovered from being online more and from being just like searching the internet all the time. Um, like obviously I already knew this, but I discovered a lot um, of more cool and like affordable green shops this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I really like found out that there was like green alternatives to almost every product that you could ever imagine, like clothes, home items. We found, we found, what was it? Um, um, yeah. The vibrators, vibrators we found. What were they made of? Oh. Yeah. Were they like, compostable or like sustainable or like so, biodegradable. something like that. biodegradable? That's right. Also, mm-hmm. Taylor, you put me on re, uh, re, like the paper towel that you sent us for a holiday. Isn't it yeah. awesome? unreal like i'm saying something as a green environmentalist person i would never think would be like useful as terrible as that sounds and i'm using it i'm like oh my gosh this product has like changed my life i know that's a reusable paper towel if i didn't make that clear when i just ranted there (laughs) it's amazing it's one of the best things i've ever found taylor you should link that in our thing yeah yes i will i can link that brand i got it from a boutique shop in kingston so it's not I mean, if you're in the Kingston area, I can give you the shop name, um, but I probably a lot of you aren't, <laughs> so I can link that shop name. Um, but one thing I, one shop that I like, I recently found uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm just obsessed with it. They have everything, like like I said, from like home items to toothbrushes to um, reusable like shopping bags to vibrators. They have literally everything. It's called the Package Free Shop, 
Um, we are not sponsored by them. This is just how much I love them. <laughs> and I remember we had a, we had it in our group chat. I sent the link and we were talking about it for like hours and we're like, we love this. Oh my God, look at this. They have this and this and this. And it's super affordable. Like Kendra said, she's like, I can deck out my home with this whole shop. Yeah. You have a fully functioning, sustainable home just from that shop. Also, they Everything. have those paper towel things. Oh, do they? They do. They have oh, ones perfect. with cute little mushrooms on it. They oh, got one with perfect. tomatoes and strawberries. I was like, oh, okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll link that, but it's just packagefreeshop.com. Um, incredible shop. But yeah, that was my, my huge realization. I was like, because I know in the fast fashion episode, we talked a lot about how um, a lot of alternatives to traditional like fast fashion clothing um, are going to be more expensive and have a higher price tag because of the the conditions of the clothing um, being better for the environment and better for workers. But it's not, it's not that way with like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, yes, there Mm -hmm. are higher end products that do cost a lot more and they are sustainable and they are green, but there's also affordable options that are still really good for the environment. They're still biodegradable. So it's literally just like a Google search away. And that was, that was really cool for me to find out. I really like that. Mm. That's a little positive spin on it. (laughs) After all the negative corporate talk. (laughs) I sent that to everyone after like every I was like you need to you need to go shopping here Mm -hmm. please I was like I'm spending my next check there that's it done (laughs) but anyways we can move on to your question if you want Penny Mm -hmm. okay so excuse the next the following very cheesy joke I'm I'm actually not sorry at all for it so utopia not fruitopia not (laughs) zootopia you what does your perfect world look like, specifically in terms of sustainability? So a green utopia, but also, you know, if you want to add to it socially and emotionally, what would your dream world look like? Renewable energy everywhere. Mm. No That's more fossil fuels word. anywhere. That yeah. would be amazing. That's actually my number one dream. Carbon emissions, who are they? We don't know them. Like she, she doesn't go here. <laughs> She moved away a long time ago. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> Carbon emissions, you can't sit with us. <laughs> oh my God. This seems like a, like a very like goal that should not be like a utopia thing. Um, it should just be basic. But um, clean drinking water for oh all. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. That mm-hmm. is, I don't know like, how that's very not. very upsetting that it's like a utopia thought. Mm-hmm. Like, it's why a basic should I have to right. dream about indigenous and lower income people like it just just doesn't make sense to me but that's part of clean drinking water that's very sad that that's our utopian i i would have to say like my dream uh socially for environment like an environmental future would that be people are like aware of uh what they're using and how they're using it so kind of like going back to the mentality of when you would like hunt an animal you would use the entire mm. be- the entire bean and nothing would go to waste because that's kind of like um like a what a, ge- a gift from yeah. the earth to you to yeah. sustain you so mm. i think we have to look at what the products and then the tools we use and everything and uh, even the things that we indulge in like to really make sure that we get the most of it and we don't just toss it aside and, like two seconds after we're done with it we really look mm-hmm. and say like that we like appreciate that it was able to bring us whatever it brought us and that we're going to do what we can to not harm the earth in the proper like 
disposal or discarding. Yeah, like so basically we it. need to take a giant note from yeah. the lifestyle and in, uh, just the way indigenous people live mm-hmm. and their culture, of course, not to appropriate in any way. No, but, no, of course. Um, but that, that's something they've always practiced. And yeah. I don't know, I think that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I just think it's like uh, to not take for granted the things that we use every day and to like know that like you can't just like get rid of it and like another one will just like magically appear like to Mm -hmm. just understand the weight behind like what another one automatically appearing really means besides just like that like yeah like a new thing it's like present to unwrap you know Mm -hmm. i really like that you said it's just like your utopia is just for everyone to be more aware of what they're doing and like how it has the impacts on the environment and, and on other people in society because it's like that's such um an achievable and like an attainable goal and and I think what we're doing with the podcast kind of helps to mm-hmm. achieve that even like you said even if it's on a very small scale it's doing mm-hmm. something I hope so. it, but I hope so too but I, I just I like that because it's it seems like there's that kind of like positivity behind mm-hmm. it because we can achieve that one day like we are all achieving that individually um, and it's progressing more and more as we, you know, live mm-hmm. our lives and we keep doing this podcast and we keep doing our research in the fields that we're in. Um, so I just really like that. Yeah, I think that we should that should be a goal to, to work mm-hmm. towards that. But. For me, it's always I'm actually so glad, Taylor, that you said that, like and everything you brought up, because that was literally mine when I was writing this question. Oh, yeah. uh, you worded it much better. The only <laughs> word I could think of was just like was respect like Mm. for me a green utopia and also a socially responsible utopia for me would just be we need to respect and love each other a lot better Mm -hmm. and that includes our planet and that includes to such a deep level you know what I mean like yeah respecting what the earth gives us and seeing it I think what I don't know if maybe I'm repeating you. You mentioned like seeing it as a gift. That reminds me of like braiding sweetgrass. I don't know if you read that and that's where you're also if you're thinking about that too because that's what I was thinking about is where like um, you always have to re- like return the favor. So you gift back to the earth, right? Like you take care of it and sometimes, you know, gives you that really sweet reward and but you you earn it. You earn the gift from the earth and I don't know if I'm getting too cheesy but for me it would just be respect and love at such like various levels that I don't think we have right now and that makes me so sad but we can have it that's such a good point and it like I think this feeds in really well to what Danielle wanted to ask afterwards is just like where is the love and respect for you know one another where is the love black eyed peas said (laughs) it (laughs) but seriously it's like if we can't respect each other like that like as clearly seen in all the um movements been going on movements been going on um there's no way we're gonna do that for the planet i mean i will and i know we will but there's a lot of people out there who don't think like that so that's really nice that you said that i think one thing that i would just want to add on to before we move on to danielle's question is we i know it's like one thing as I'm listening to all of us talk and I'm reflecting on like my reflection of 2020 and then now this answer is that um even though there's a lot of people who either don't fully grasp like the environmental like crisis that we're in and don't understand like what needs to be taken or refused to whatever the thing is is that even though like um if we're able to just like have like this conversation with like one person to be like hey like just to like 
like the on the topic of like respecting what we do and to the earth and like what then she does for us to just like kind of have that like symbiotic relationship like I know that like um with a person in my family I've been able I didn't even know but I've been able to like kind of like show them like how to be more respectful and then to actually think twice before they just like like for me because my re- my research is like in, in waste but just before they just throw something out like to actually think about it more and now that person looks at the news a lot differently too and how everything's being handled and then they're like trying to fight in their own way for like That's a better justice for us so I think that I know this year I got really and I still am like really really focused on the drowning thought that not a lot of people are doing enough or like this one person in this one position like isn't doing enough to like change but I think we all have to remember it like this is like a team effort and although it seems like a giant fucking mountain to like climb up to like have some kind of like uh like pat like not like some kind of like you're doing it like good job like keep up this work like it's worth it that like even if you just like somehow get someone to like understand like why it's a problem and how it should be changing and why it's not I think that's like a really big step forward on like achieving this green utopia that's such a good way to put it I was visualizing you know if you were to have like a team race like a Mm -hmm. what's it called a relay right and the only way your team can win is if everyone crosses the finish line Mm -hmm. if you have some really strong players so you have some people that really know everything about environmentalism they're doing everything sustainable that's really great and that's gonna help give your team a head start but until you like look back and see how far behind your other teammates are like you won't win it doesn't matter how much effort you put in until you start putting the effort into also getting your teammates to catch up with you Yep. That's such a good analogy because mm-hmm. it's like that's what we've tried to stress this whole time is that it's not an individual race. We need the collective yeah. to be on board. It's nothing's going to happen as much as we hate to say it. Nothing's really going to happen at the individual level if we don't all band together and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that finish line is going to look pretty sweet. <laughs> all together. Very far. Very <laughs> far right now. It's fine. But, but one day, every day, that. we got a step closer to it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Trying. Uh, I love the 2020 positivity. <laughs> and you know what? Every It starts with all of the hate comments that we get on us. On Facebook. Go fuck <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Every one of those hate comments is an opportunity for us to connect with somebody and help us get to that finish line faster. It scares me. They, yeah. I love it. How, how do they you kind of think make me like happy. that? Okay, my question to ponder. Hmm. Um, how have the justice movements that we saw in 2020 uh, impacted your thoughts and actions of the environmental movement or your ideas of justice as a whole? So um, I, although the, these movements are not new of 2020, they were They're something that was... Yeah, it was brought back to light in a in a newer way, um, because of tragic events that have been happening. It just was the timing. Um, yeah, justice. The reason I ask is because justice is a term I've been trying to understand and the intersectionality of it between many different crossroads um, for a few years now. So um, I think twenty twenty allowed us to really you know, go into a little bit more deeper thought for those who maybe 
who are not heavily invested in academics or whatever about that term or whatever it means. So I'm just really curious, like, how did it impact you guys? Like, how do you think it could affect environmental movements in terms of intersectionality? And yeah, that's... I'll go first because like, I have a lot of thoughts. Go for um, it. I don't even know where to start. I just... <sighs> I'm I'm on both ends. It gives me a lot of hope seeing like communities come together and fight for the same issues and actually having a voice and being loud and proud about those issues. Um, but it also it really disappoints me that I'm I'm thinking of the Black Lives Matter movement now, and if we were to put that in terms of environmental issues, I don't I don't think we would see much of a different outcome than we've seen for the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, we could all, we could get together and we could march and we could protest and we can be loud about it. But there hasn't really been much justice come from any of that. Right? So it's, it, it's disappointing in that sense because it's like they hear us and they see what we're doing, but nothing's really been changed. Mm-hmm. I know, I completely agree. And I think... Um, well- I mean, I don't want to say nothing, example, but, but like it's just upsetting, like yeah, to see like there's a lot of example, shit. We'll go back to the Capitol riots, how um, there was like a blatant breaking of laws inside the Capitol, and it's such and, a double um, standard. Ju- yeah, and then yet someone, Breonna Taylor, um, who is in her own home, mm-hmm. we never saw justice, and I, I, that's where I it's it's. It's like a moment of It's tough, and that's where it gets disappointing is because it's like as affecting as, – as, as much as those issues affect like their families and their friends and their communities, it affects everyone around the world, and it's in the same regard as climate change. If something is happening, um, let's say in Asia, that's really, really devastating, really horrible for the environment, and people are standing up for it, and people are screaming about it, and people are upset about it, and they're like, we need change, this is affecting us, we're going to feel it here too, and we're going to stand up for that because that's what we believe in. But at the end of the day, what is going to be done about it? Because this has been happening for so long. And we've been we've been fighting for this for so long, and there really hasn't been a whole lot of um, movement forward. Mm-hmm. I think- and that's not to discredit like all. All sorry, I keep cutting you off. I'm, I promise I'm almost done. But that's not to discredit like all the, um, like the Paris Agreement and all the steps forward that have been put. But it's mm-hmm. at the same time like the Paris Agreement isn't even that good, and nothing's gonna happen with it. But anyways, that's a whole I other don't- story. I don't know if we should keep what I'm about to say in or not because I might be wrong. And I'm also not a person of color, so I can't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the protests that happened all throughout the spring and summer, um, did they immediately res- like end in, in the results that we that people were pro- like marching for? No, it didn't. Like, you know, those who murdered Breonna Taylor and George Floyd – there was they did not receive the justice that they should have been served right mm-hmm. um we can all agree on that at least all of us here mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. this zoom call mm-hmm. um i will say i think that it demonstrated that you know we all need to do more and i think it helped um not helped that's the wrong word to use but it showed people you need to go out and vote because you need to use every power within you that you have, democratic, as much as possible. Because 
unfortunately, the people that are supposed to be showing up for us are not showing up for us. And so that motivated people to change the people that are in power that are supposed to be showing up for us, mm-hmm. um, which you, I don't like. It, it's not happening fast enough. The change is not happening fast enough, 100%. But it did demonstrate to me that it can it can rile people up enough that, you know, we're going to get the right people in there eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point because that's what I was trying to avoid bashing with my rant earlier is that there has been progress and there has been um, yeah stuff that came from it. But, but it's just... I think, Taylor, what you were trying to say, and Kendra, I totally, like, I love that. But what I'm trying to, what I also feel is, like, why should people have to die? Why mm, should, for it to why matter. Should, why should environmental disasters have to happen for people to give a shit? That's such I a good just, point. That's the part that is for me. It's like we're. It's the whole idea. Like a. It's like adapting. It's like mm-hmm. no. Like we things why shouldn't can't have we to happen. Yeah. Why can't we mitigate those things? I don't. So, anyways, I'm not discrediting your point at all, Kendra. Because no, I, I agree I with you. I totally agree. But that's the part that just still after everything. When you do hear positives in the end, that's the part that doesn't sit. It's so right. frustrating. But, yeah. You're so right. It's so true. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I do like your take on that, though, Kendra and Taylor. I think to try and make it positive, <laughs> um, how have the justice movements in 2020 impacted your thoughts and actions about environmental movements? Honestly, TikTok has shown me some really cool things, <laughs> I will say. And I've been noticing, you know how whenever there's, like, um, one of the things you know how they say like artists art really finds its flavor through tragedy and through all of this right you there have been some really beautiful like artists that have come out of 2020 um and raising awareness in their own way um even with like at the beginning of the australian wildflowers wildflowers (laughs) wildflowers i wish it was wildflowers (laughs) yeah it's your positive mindset shining through once again i just love my flowers anyways all of that kind of stuff and like finding beautiful ways to raise away i don't know is it a small thing yes uh has is it gonna i don't know invoke complete change maybe not but i will say I have found a lot of peace in the artistic environmental movements that I have been seeing on my social media. Um, I don't know. I can agree with that. The Ratatouille musical speaks for it. (laughs) I can confidently say that was the best thing I saw in 2020. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Yeah, everyone who worked on the Ratatouille musical... You are all creative geniuses, and I appreciate you for putting that work into it. And the song has been stuck in my head <laughs> since it came out on TikTok. So amazing. But no, that's, yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you for pondering that question with me, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got hella political. Well, yeah. But you know what? It's such a you hot climate right now. It's no hot. pun intended. Ah! Ah! <laughs> That was actually Taylor's rolling her eyes. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Um, I know I started off this podcast by saying I was in a bubble because I just mm-hmm. didn't know anything, and not because I didn't want to know. I just honestly had no idea where to start to mm-hmm. learn things. And then 2020, like, I realized what I want, like how to learn things. 
which sounds so dumb when I say it like that, but I meant like how to learn things from such a broader perspective to really make sure that I'm not just like narrowing in on like one like a research topic, but then to make sure that I'm asking a lot more questions and to like read between any and all lines. So. But that's good because that's a very valuable mm-hmm. skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. everything, for school, for world issues, for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's good. There's another rose. You know, we tried to keep it positive. We found the positives throughout the year, but truth be told, this year we really had to dig for those positives. Yeah, shit was I, hard. Actually, it was hard, I, man. I I saw a quote or heard a quote or read a quote, and I uh, it's it's about not always being like blindly positive. Like we kind of joke about that how we're so positive, but we talk about really depressing issues. But mm-hmm. we're positive because well what else are we gonna be (laughs) yeah but i think another thing that we've learned especially after our conversation today and like just reflecting on 2020 is that you have to be opportunistic and ready to act when you see the chance to do something positive so that you know that that. it can come Mm -hmm. out with if you're your good intentions and you know you can like try and do something so i think it's also like um just under like understanding what's going on realizing that this shit sucks but I'm positive about the situation because I know it's going to get better because I know there's other like-minded individuals who mm-hmm. want to see change. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when the opportunity arises, we're going to do what we can to make we're gonna take it. the change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we can... Honestly, I think it's a really nice note to end off on, honestly. I don't think we need to say anything more than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for everyone tuning in. This been a wild... We hope we didn't depress you too much, but... And if we did, just know that we're all in this together. And Kendra and I are still sweaty from early. (laughs) (laughs) I will join that sweat party. I am with Um, you now. It took a while, but I'm here. We appreciate everyone joining in and just listening and hanging out with us. So we can't wait for 2021 and what it's in store because we have an episode lineup like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And we're really excited to kick off this new year. So. All right, and if there was anything we talked about today that sparked your interest or got your research juices flowing, head over to our website and you can find the sources we used in today's episode. And as always, thanks for joining us in our little corner of the internet. You can find us on our Instagram, at Green and Gritty, or on our Facebook, which is at Green and Gritty. We would love to hear from all of our incredibly brilliant listeners. All right, so this is Green and Gritty signing out. Bye. Bye.